Hi, this is Steve Hargadon, and welcome to the Future of Education. It's Thursday, December 15th, 2011, and we have a great show tonight. This is the crew from, or part of the crew from Blue Valley Schools, their CAPS program, the Center for Advanced Professional Studies. I cannot wait uh, for, for us to have the show tonight. Really delighted to have these folks here. Their names are not in order as they appear on the screen. Uh, but I'm going to uh, quickly tell you as we go around. That's Hunter Browning to the far left, Holly Reynolds, Clint Robinson, one of the business partners, Chris uh, Denito is not here yet, but we're hoping he'll come. He's a student. Uh, Laura Evans from Cerner. Laura, wave your hand there so people see you. And Donna Deeds, the executive director of CAPS. So I'm so delighted you're here. Thank you so much for coming. We are all pleased to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. The Future of Education is sponsored by Web 2.0 Labs, web20labs.com, and Blackboard Collaborate. That's the environment that we're in. We're doing something fun tonight with the live video. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Coming up on the Future of Education, we do have a little bit of a holiday break. Then Scott McLeod joins us on January 5th, January 10th, Ian Jukes. Lots more fun ahead, as you can see on that schedule. Uh, late editions, uh, Lorette Lynn, the Unplugged Mom, and uh, David Lurcher coming back to talk about the learning commons and personal learning environments. Anyway, lots of fun. If you've missed the show, they are all recorded in full collaborate versions in an MP3 format. Uh, David Maxfield of the Vital Smarts Crucial Conversations, Crucial Confrontations, Influencer Change Anything, the best selling New York Times books, he was here on Tuesday. I haven't been able, I've been traveling, I haven't been able to get his MP3 file up, but it should be up soon. Lisa Nielsen on uh, everything out of the box in education, Malia Dicker on reschooling herself, Tasha Bergson, Michelson from Google on search literacy, lots and lots more. Hope you'll find something of value there. We have a nice small pre-holiday crowd here, but we'll try and give you map permissions. Look for the star to the left of the map, double click and then click on the map. And feel free to shout out in the chat and let us know where you're participating from. I put myself here. I'm in New York City tonight. A balmy, warm at New York City. Peggy's in Phoenix. <laughs> Wherever you're listening from, and those of you listening to the recording, thanks so much for taking the time to tune in. So I'm going to give a, a shout out to uh, two people here. Josh is in the back, who's been handling tech and IT, and you're going to see him probably move around if anything goes wrong, but thanks, Josh. And to John Newcomb, who's not with us, but who's the manager of business development for the Center for Advanced Professional Studies CAPS. Uh, Donna, uh, John really set this up, and I want to thank him, and I hope you'll extend that appreciation to him. Yes, he is vital to our mission um, and is an important piece of this team. Donna, would you tell Donna, us you what tell CAPS us? is? Go ahead. Now, thank you for being so good about the mic. Tell us what CAPS is and uh, why this is such an important story. Well, what CAPS is, let me first just say it's a, it's a program that's a part of the Blue Valley School District in Overland Park, Kansas. And what this program, the vision of this program, which began with the superintendent and the school board of this school district, 
was to provide juniors and seniors an opportunity to fast forward into their future beyond college into that first job after a degree. And we focused on jobs that were hot, that were high demand and high skill jobs, many in the area of the STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. But we wanted, to give, we wanted to give students an edge on their future, not only being able to learn some of those professional skills in a real professional environment, but the tools, the technology, the projects, the people that we surround these young people with are all real. So real engineers are involved in instruction and mentoring. Real projects from global business executives are given to students. Real apps are developed for a business partner like Laura Evans, who's with us tonight from Cerner. So what we've done here is create a scenario that's very real for a 17-year-old to experience what it would be like to be a doctor or a lawyer or a physicist um, that's in the area of engineering. And this helps a student to not only grow professionally, but to discern if they really are interested in this area all before they're able to go to college. They gain high school credit here. They gain college credit here. But they're only here for part of their day. The rest of their day, they're in their home high school in a normal, wonderful, rich high school experience. But for half of their day, they're thrown into a professional world. What makes this story so very, very unique is the opportunity to partner deeply with business partners from here locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally because our business partners helped us design all the curriculum. They helped us produce all of the project work. They help teach. They help speak. They provide mentors and internships and projects with equipment. And you're going to hear from business partners what their relationships have been with our um, program and how rich that relationship is. And you're also going to hear from students connected to business partners and how, what that experience is like. So that's really what CAPS is all about, an opportunity to fast forward into your future, your professional future beyond college, and experience it now. Not wait, but now in high school. Good, thank you. So when you turn off your mic, I know you're dead. I really appreciate that. Okay, so uh, Hunter and Holly, you got to put some smiles on your faces because we're going to drill you now a little. So, so you kind of get the feeling that this is practice for real life. Does it feel like practice, or are you actually doing things that make a difference? Um, it definitely is practice in the sense that if you fail, you don't really have a huge consequence hanging over your head like you would um, out in the real world. But if you succeed, everything that you've done can be as real as you make it. So no matter what project you're taking on, um, if you're really putting everything you have into it and it goes well, it'll go just as well as it would for you out in a regular business world, um, whereas you do have the safety net of not the huge consequences if you were to take that risk and it not go well. So it, in my opinion, encourages um, a lot of creativity and innovation among all of our students to try things that 
you maybe not have had the confidence to try previously or even after this experience when you got out actually into the job market? I would I would definitely agree with what Hunter said. Um, but I would also add that uh, everyone here at CAPS provides you with so many opportunities to succeed, to uh, go out in the real world and do things that, you know, professionals are doing. So it definitely feels uh, very much like like uh, real life, but also you know that um, you're not you're not afraid to make mistakes. Um, we're also you know we're still learning, and um, we we're definitely in, encouraged to take risks and um, you know never never punished if we uh, don't succeed. Holly, what are you working on? Okay, so. Uh, my name is Holly Reynolds. I'm a senior at Blue Valley North High School, and I am currently in the Bioscience Independent Research class up in the Bioscience strand. So I came into the program knowing that I wanted to do an independent research project relating to alternative energy. And um, my teacher really helped me um, research potential topics, and I, uh, I decided that I wanted to uh, do something relating to algae as a biofuel. So uh, I, I wasn't really sure what exactly I wanted to do um, in terms of my project. So I, um, I, I did research my, uh, my teacher helped me find um, business partners that could assist me in the creation of my project. And also, um, I reached out to professors locally and across the country uh, to see if they would be willing to uh, help me create a project and throughout the duration of my project. So um, I, uh, I found a professor at the University of Kansas, uh, Dr. Val Smith, who is a uh, global leader in algae research, and he helped me create a project where I um, was determining the optimal physical and, and, uh, and chemical conditions for uh, microalgae growth in order to um, maximize lipid production within uh, the algae that would then be extracted and transformed into biodiesel. Okay, so you've obviously put a ringer in the crowd here, right? I mean, this is a college student, maybe a grad student that you have posing as a high school student. Uh, <laughs> Hunter, what are you doing? I'm uh, actually also doing something with alternate fuel. Um, I'm on my third year of a project that involves separating hydrogen and oxygen from water um, on board a car. So you're actually filling your car's gas tank with uh, water from your garden hose or from the ocean or any um, source of water doesn't have to be clean. Um, so my system cheaply and efficiently uh, pulls out the hydrogen and the oxygen and you're feeding that to the combustion engine so that your byproduct, you have water vapor and it's way more powerful than a standard combustion engine run off gasoline because the combustion of hydrogen molecules two and a half times as explosive. So um, currently we're installing that system into a Jeep that's been donated to CAPS uh, by a local car dealership and uh, working on getting the patents for the full system to try and actually bring this into industry. Okay, so now we know why this story is so special and important. 
Donna, is there an application process to get into the program? I and mean, these are clearly two articulate, really intelligent students. Uh, does this extend to anybody who wants to participate? Do you have to apply? I mean, this this proactive nature of going out and finding a project, uh, is everybody ready for that? Well, see, this project or this program is an application-based program. And you know, everything's based on industry requirements. So we asked industry partners or business partners, so what makes a successful early career person. And not one of them said a 4.0 is exactly all they need. And so this program does not have a grade point requirement. What it does have a requirement around is, is the student eager, passionate, ready to take risks, ready to be a leader, ready to live in a professional world and dress like a profession and, and really act beyond their years because they're in environments that they get projects given to them that typical high school kids would never get given to them. But you know, half of their day is, is a normal day. I, you know, I go to one of these young people's high school and I might not even recognize them. Laura, what does uh, Cerner do? Yeah, is in the intersection of information technology and healthcare. We develop solutions for healthcare. Um, the, the core of what we do is really around healthcare information technology, electronic medical record, um, but it goes well beyond that. So, do you does somebody come to this facility? These these students aren't going to Cerner, right? They're coming to this facility. So it's still within the auspices of the school district, or do they actually go to a traditional work facility? Uh, our experience with CAPS, um, they come to Cerner as needed for the project work that they are completing, um, but for the most part their home base is the facility here. So Peggy George wants to know, Donna, how does this get funded? Well, we just happen to have an ex-board uh, member who's also a business partner and Clint, would you like to entertain that? I'd be glad to um, talk about how we funded it. I mean, this is um, typically a, this is an extension of the high schools. I mean, we took the students from a high school and we took the full-time equivalent time that they were in the high school and took that FTE and brought it over here to this school. And then that's how we fund the educators at this location. So. The school board's responsibility, the state's responsibility for the full part of the education was what are they learning while they're over here at CAPS and how is that fulfilling their K-12 curriculum requirements so that it could be funded with FTEs. Now that's the how do we fund the educators, how do we pay for the lights and the, you know, the nice building and everything that we're in, but a lot of the funding for the special projects or the needs associated with the businesses. Um, the businesses have been willing to provide resources and people and time and jeeps and uh, aviation you know, simulators and there's a lot of businesses in this community that um, really are, are knocking down the door to try and get into this place to figure out how they can help. Is it getting in to try and help or do you feel that the, there's some long-term tangible reward to the organization for participating beyond just doing something good? This is huge for Black and Beach. I mean, we're a consulting engineering and construction company that's global, and this is an opportunity for professionals 
at, at our company to come over, you know, maybe they're a new employee at Black and & Veatch and they're trying to figure out how to do a lot of the engineering things and they're really not sure what their value proposition is um, at the company, but will come over here and work with students and immediately feel like they're providing some value. And frankly, the people, the students that we're teaching here, we want them to come and work at Black & Veatch. We want them to know whether they want to be engineers or not. And then if they want to be an engineer, they're getting their education here. They have some exposure with our company. Our hope is, is that they'll go off and get an education and then come back and work with us. So it's, it's valuable for us on a lot of different fronts. It helps us with retention. It helps us um, hire and recruit students earlier than the college level. Um, and, you know, there is such a wonderful thing about going out, um, Laura probably can say this too, but if you go out and you've got a Black and Beach button on or you're going and you're helping somebody and you're from Black and Beach, it's a lot harder to walk down the street and work for the competition because, in effect, we're branding you by putting you out on the streets and working with these kids. And it really has helped. We've had the engineering program a couple of days a week are now over in our Black and Beach facility. And I, it's literally a walk downstairs for our mentors to come and work with them during the day. And it's a good break from the daily grind. Is there a difference, Hunter, um, in uh, young men and young women who participate? Uh, do you know if more boys or girls are doing this? Um, I don't know about the whole strand. It seems relatively equal. I know some of the uh, some of the specific strands have a few more guys and girls, but really I've had both guys and girls in every class I've taken here. This is my second year um, in the building. so. As far as I can tell, it's relatively diverse throughout the entire thing. Holly, your friends that aren't doing this, what, what do you tell them about it? And uh, is, do you feel like there's a difference in your education from theirs? Uh, definitely. I uh, I think especially as um, as more more students in our district are taking the CAPS programs, you know, more people um, are are hearing about how great it is. I have. The people who take CAPS, when you, when you talk to anyone, um, they're so passionate about what they're doing and they just they love what they're doing so much because it's a completely different experience than being at the home high school. Um, I feel like this is definitely um, my education here is something that I uh, wouldn't be able to receive at my home high school um, just because of all the opportunities that are made available to me um, in that sense, definitely. Hunter, Peggy George, who's in the audience, wants to know if the program attracts certain kinds of students, maybe in particular engineering. Uh, she thinks because maybe other students are already in the program or are based maybe on the particular businesses that are partners. Do you notice any kind of a trend in, in what kinds of students are interested in CAPS? Um, just about everybody in CAPS is, like Holly said, really passionate for what we're doing, whether it be in the medicine strand and the engineering strand. So everyone here, if you sit down and have a conversation with them about what their current project is, you're going to get a lengthy explanation that is really fire behind <laughs> it, which is pretty cool because just being around the building, you kind of get little glimpses into all the different strands we have. Um, a lot of entrepreneurial kids are up here too that are really using this as an experience to push through what they can before we get to college, before we get out into the job market. Donna, in a world that's increasingly looking at test scores as the ultimate measure of success, 
how, how do you end up kind of explaining this program as a value to the students and to the schools? Well, first of all, I need to share with you that Blue Valley School District itself is a high-achieving district, and so our high schools are superior high schools. And um, those test scores are very much a part of how we measure the success of this district. But this district decided early on that test scores were not enough for students to be successful in this future global innovation world. And so therefore, the, the commitment to giving these students more than just the academics because uh, they leave with a solid high school education that will set them aside. But this program then differentiates them even more because there are a lot of kids out there that are competing for narrow jobs who all have great grades and all have good ACT scores. And this professional experience will give them a leg up. And that's what this district is committed to for our young people. So the program's had uh, some history now, I think maybe three years. Do you have any ability to kind of map any trends related to achievement? Um, what I'd like to be able to share is what we're hearing from our two years of alumni. And then maybe if Mr. Robinson wouldn't mind talking about uh, the mentor Haley that he had, um, <clears throat> just because she's now in college. We have two uh, classes that are in university level, freshman and sophomore year. And what we hear from them and their parents, because we have an alumni um, association that hangs on to these kids, and we also hear it from some of these professors, is that number one, they are ahead of their peers, primarily because they have been in the professional world beyond college. So they have language and skill sets that are beyond college students which is, quite frankly, evident in the um, positions that we've placed some paid internships um, that are college-level internships that high school seniors and juniors are receiving. So I would go ahead and, because Laura can also entertain some of the students that have worked for paid internships at Cerner. So maybe both of our business partners now might be able to chime in, Steve, and give their reflection upon what they see in these students as far as producing. Yeah, Haley, Haley Jones was great. Uh, she is great. As a matter of fact, I'm still communicating with Haley. She's a student at Clemson in engineering. And um, I just asked her some questions as, as the school does too. But this was kind of a personal, do you, do you believe that the CAPS program um, advanced your understanding of what you were getting into when you got into college or how well prepared were you when you got there? And her response was that she felt really well prepared. And I, the only caveat I will add to that, and, and Hunter said it earlier, is that we have created an environment um, not only where kids can fail without repercussion, but they can decide whether this is what they want to do. And for me as a parent with a student here at CAP, she's in the law program, it's really important for them to know whether this is what they want to do. And Haley was sure that, pretty sure that she wanted to be an engineer. But through this process, she determined that what she wanted to be, I think, was an architectural engineer. And I think she's advised me recently that she's thinking about becoming a civil engineer. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of that is that while she was in this program, she designed a facility, all of them did, and they had to design the mechanical system, the electrical system, the plumbing, the sewer, um, 
handicap accessibility, they had to examine all of the engineering applications. Now, they didn't get any of them right. You know, I mean, we saw some outrageous heat loads inside these buildings, and we all kind of chuckled about it. But they now know that there's a formula to calculate that, and they can really hone their skills when they get to college on those things. But I can guarantee you that Haley is going to stay with that program. She's going to complete the program. And there were very few unknowns when she got to college as a result of working with CAPS. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll be happy to comment as well. And Cerner's interaction with CAPS um, from a project perspective happened last year. Um, and we had a team of students who were working on a uh, software application for a mobile phone. Um, that they started the project in the spring semester and made enough progress. And interestingly, something that I think is important to point out is that um, it was not just a team of students who were focused on the technology strand. It was team, a team of students from different um, strands that worked together in a team to design the, the visual design of this application, the user interface, as well as the technology behind it. Long story short, it, it was a challenging enough project that they could not complete it in the semester, so we retained um, the students that were able to join us in the summer as paid interns and had a very good experience with that. And I think that is probably um, the best value statement that I can think of from the perspective of a student's ability to come into an organization as a 17-year-old, contribute, develop something that will be um, built upon, continue to be built upon and utilized um, you know, from our perspective, that's a huge value add for us. And I think that the learning that they were able to do both in the school setting during the semester and then a, a different kind of learning being a part of the organization um, through the summer is something that they will, um, you know, benefit from for years. And certainly we will not let go of, um, you know, our connections with those interns. Um, that's one of the value propositions for us as well, is that the connection to that early talent and opportunity to bring them in and hopefully influence their career decisions later on if it's something that they enjoy. Donna is doing a great job with the mic. Thank you, Donna. So uh, Clinton, Laura, did you do anything even remotely close to this when you were in high school? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I grew up in an engineering family, and I, uh, to be real honest with you, I did almost everything I could to not be an engineer when I got older. And, um, it just kind of came natural to me, and I was uh, surrounded by it, and so it became natural for me. But I think that really th the thing that's exciting now is that we can introduce people to it, to engineering that have had no um, exposure to it at all. And, and I have to tell you, my first two years in college, albeit a long time ago, um, in, in, you know, until I really got into the core engineering classes, I thought, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. um, you know, is this really what I want to do? But when I actually got into the engineering classes, it reaffirmed that I wanted to do it. And I, I work with the University of Kansas in their civil program and in the engineering school. And, you know, retention is really important there. So uh, them knowing what the future may look like for them, um, really motivates them and I think allows them to get through some of those early core classes in college. I, I think that one of the, the salient points to make is, um, no, I didn't, one, to answer the question, I didn't get to do something like this. I grew up in a small town um, that didn't have near the opportunities that we offer here. But more importantly, um, the field, the, the place I've had my career for the past 20 years um, didn't exist. And the field, really, 
was um, exploding, the field of information technology as I was graduating from college. And um, I think that's one of the, the most important points about this experience for students. There are many careers today that didn't exist that, um, that are, the world of work is evolving so quickly and it's difficult to, uh, for them to know what is, a, what is out there um, and what the nuances of that are. Uh, that might be until they have a chance to experience it. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, certainly we are a fan from a, from a business perspective is we don't necessarily know what our jobs will be 10 years from now exactly, but we can give them experiences that help them understand the, the pace of um, change and the amount of creativity and innovation that's required to stay competitive and um, the concept of clients and value propositions that will serve them well regardless of what they decide to go do. So I really like those answers. And I think I'm also kind of interested in drilling down a little bit on this. Uh, in addition to the job market changing, also you're giving youth a lot of opportunities. You are trusting them. You're trusting in their potential. And uh, Hunter and Holly, are, do we underestimate the capabilities of teenagers? Um, I think a little bit. I think a lot of kids around our ages when presented with the opportunity um, to have access to the tools we have in the labs and the mentors and everything like that, a lot of those kids will actually push a lot harder than necessarily in a standard classroom environment where it's strictly just lecture kind of stuff. So I know a lot of the guys in um, my classes, they'll get into the labs and they'll see um, industry standard equipment and equipment that a lot of the schools um, colleges don't even have yet. And it really just opens everybody up to push to things that we never really thought we'd be doing until way down the road. Um, so I think that provides a huge advantage for if you're doing those things you thought you'd be doing in the future now, then your future is going to be that much more intense and that much more um, beneficial based off this program. I would add to that that also a lot of students, I, I don't think, realize their potential when they enter this program. Um, and uh, it's it's amazing what what kids here are doing when they are provided you know the resources to to do um, great things. I, I'm really impressed, uh, Laura. Have you had to not take other classes that would be considered sort of normal college prep in order to do this? Did it decrease the load of AP classes or things like that, where sort of a traditional course of study might say you need to have five AP classes? So um, for me, I definitely it didn't um, it didn't not allow me to take any advanced courses or core classes. Uh, I, I definitely um, it replaced more of elective courses at especially since um, uh, CAPS is for 11th and 12th grade students who um, have more time in their schedule for electives. So uh, I mean I'm in four AP classes currently and uh, in CAPS as well. Um, what about you? Um, as for from the district here, the requirements. And this is my second year here, so I've allotted a lot of times with CAPS, and I actually still have room in my schedule for some electives as well as multiple AP courses. So I think it's a matter of if you want to get out there and and take a course like this so that you can like advance yourself instead of maybe taking. Uh, elective class that might be fun but might not relate so much to what you're going to be doing in the future. 
you can definitely do it this way and still get in all the classes that are going to be uh, required as far as degrees um, and getting into different schools. Holly, were you smiling because I called you Laura? Was that, did I make that mistake? Is that what happened there? Yeah, no, not, not a problem. problem. No, so. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> okay, so um, Donna, is anybody paying attention? As far as us? <laughs> I, I mean, this is clearly... <laughs> Not tonight, no, but I mean, in terms of, Jen, are, you, are people coming to you and asking what's going on and how are you doing this and how do we replicate it? Um, yes, but, you know, somebody's asking about in the chat if, if this sounds like all AP students. And I would want to just mention that we have a grade point span of 4.0 plus to a 1.97. We have special ed students here with no supports. Uh, because that's not the real world either. And uh, what we do is we basically take students' strengths and their passion and we build on that. So I did want to just answer that chat um, because that's real important to us because this is an inclusive program, not an exclusive program. Um, okay, so you asked about are people coming here and talking. And one, uh, the first um, answer to that is absolutely yes. Um, we were blessed to be recognized by the Edison Foundation with a gold um, medal this year for innovation. And that's typically a program that recognizes innovative products. And the Blue Valley CAPS program sat side by side with innovators like the iPad 2, the Chevy Volt, Avatar, and other products. And that, and us. <laughs> like what, what? I don't. How did how did this happen? So that Steve opened up a national um, awareness, and then our school board members and superintendent and myself have been on multiple national presentations, and that has opened up school districts. So about 23 school districts from all over the um, nation have visited, and I think the clear answer is. Try not to make this look like what in the same environment. Because urban environments, rural environments can all make a program work like this. But you're going to have different business partners. You'll have different community members. And that's what makes these types of programs work is what surrounds it, the community. And we know this works in urban. In fact, it works really good in urban environments. And in rural environments, you may just have different types of business partners that come to support. But um, yeah, Steve, it's been a pleasure meeting a variety of different superintendents and school board members who are really trying to figure out how do they open up this type of opportunity for their young people, too. Is there any kind of cadre of those of you who are doing this who are meeting together to talk about it? Um, is, there, is there some kind of sharing going on related to this kind of a partnership? Well, this, I would just say that the school districts that have um, expressed numerous um, visits and are engaged in conversation, there are a few here in Kansas City in the Northland, and Laura Evans has um, been involved as a leader in that initiative. Seven school districts, I think, are partnering to rise up a um, similar but different uh, type of program. And uh, so I think, I don't know, Laura, if you want to add anything to that uh, consortium. 
Well, I just think that it's a compelling experience and it requires about one visit, one interaction with the students um, or the staff and we haven't talked about the staff and I think that's an important part of the equation and the success here um, and you immediately, uh, you know, feel compelled to go and figure out how to scale it. I think scalability is one of the biggest challenges. Um, but I also think it's an experience that every student deserves. And so we just need to work through that in working partnerships. And it will require private-public partnerships to make that happen. Donna, does everybody respond positively? Do you get any kind of pushback? Uh, oh, of course, you get pushback. Um, I think that this is a, a, a place that is creating disruptive um, learning technologies. Uh, and so uh, in an environment where maybe some people don't believe in this type of instruction, um, people get a little anxious about that. Um, I think that the main piece here that glues this place together is a staff of instructors that have varied background. And so we have instructors that are deep in high school um, instruction. And then we also have instructors here full time that are straight from industry that are on their first or second year of teaching. And that blend between the real world and the deep educator world that are really solid in instruction, that is magic. And that's what holds this place together are the instructors that live here and work with these young people as facilitators of learning. So Holly, previously known as Laura, how would you describe the staff? All right, the staff here is so great. I, uh, I, I'm in the bioscience strand and there are uh, there are three teachers that are associated with that strand and those are the those are the teachers I've really gotten to know the best and not only are they so knowledgeable about biosciences in general they're just so willing to help students they um, you're treated like an equal here almost like a colleague which uh, is very different from being at at the normal high school, so um, at the expectations for you are so much greater. But also, you know, you you really want to impress your teachers, and um, I, I feel like the, all the other uh, teachers in the building that I've gotten to know are are the same way. Hunter, how would you respond? Um, with the nature of my project. I've been popping around the building from strand to strand quite a bit, so I've got to know um, most teachers here. And also with the Nature Project, there's not a lot of previous background to this, so all of the teachers here have been instrumental in to the point that I've gotten thus far because of how knowledgeable they are in each of their individual strands and how well they all work together for not just the kids in on strand, but every kid in the program. So um, I've got teachers in other strands that are willing to put in extra hours with me and take time to explain things to me just as much as the teachers in my own strands because they're really all about seeing us succeed and not just promoting their own strand, which is a really nice um, culmination to see compared to the regular high school experience. Donna, we've talked about uh, engineering. Uh, I think uh, law was mentioned. Um, uh, can you give me a sense of the scope of the strands? 
Yes, it was important for us to start with um, areas that were high skill and high demand. And so you will find programs here that are in the area of engineering, bioscience, and that is a variety of different um, areas from environmental science to molecular medicine to alternative fuel development. You'll also find IT. There's a huge demand, and Laura can speak to this as far as software engineers and other IT professionals. Uh, we have global business here. We have filmmaking and interactive design, which is all of the social media strategies, the web designers, the, the um, students that are working on game development for businesses and app development. And then we have a whole group of teacher ed students, which is fascinating, Steve, because that program are young people that want to be teachers, but it's taught in the future. So they are learning the tools that it will look like in 2020. So alternative um, ways of learning, augmented reality, virtual reality, all kinds of different uh, technologies that both students are learning. You spoke of them, the uh, law program. And then we also have a large group of what I would call healthcare implications from pre-med students to sports medicine, orthopedic, physical therapists, all the people that are going to take care of all of us. <laughs> and so what, what I will tell you though is that because we have a commitment to stay with industry and the future markets, that these programs change on a semester basis. Our instructors are connected to business partners and business projects, and so we have already deleted some courses because it's old technology, and we're bringing on new things every every time we are um, involved with our business partners. So that's the breadth of, um, and then Hunter mentioned the entrepreneurial students. So. Next year, we'll open what we are calling the CAPS Accelerator, which is basically a business <coughs> incubator that lets students take an idea, an ideation from that idea all the way to commercialization, and they'll walk away with a provisional patent and some maybe even businesses. And, and Chris, you missed Chris, but Chris is one of those students that his mentor has now turned into his angel investor. <laughs> and the kid is 17 years old, Steve. That's so fascinating. Um, uh, other than uh, Holly and Hunter, other than your own projects, what are the coolest things that you've seen done there? Um, I can't even start to explain some of them because everyone here is so in-depth to uh, all their projects. I know I've seen some really neat stuff going on um, with our electronics class, some stuff that I'm scared to get near because with my lack of understanding, it seems a little scary. Um, bioscience and uh, Holly Strands, also anytime I go up there, I'm pretty blown away by whatever's going on that I can't even do it justice in an explanation. And creating uh, fuel from water and something intimidates you? Um, yeah, everyone here is really, really deep into everything we do, which has also enabled me to get as far as I am in this. Um, so if I encounter a problem that I can't go to, we're kind of replicating the accelerator that's put in next year. And I'll go and I'll talk to different groups of students who maybe have a 
better knowledge base on that subject than I do. Um, I don't currently spend a lot of time working with our electronics guys because that's a huge part of my system and that was an area that I didn't have the best backing in and I've walked away feeling extremely confident in all these different little pieces I've picked up to build this whole puzzle. So yet even if you're really strong in a subject, you're going to meet people here that are stronger than you and other subjects, but it's actually a really, really good way to learn things outside the classroom. So uh, just to touch on a few other projects that I find very, very fascinating, fascinating that are going on here. Uh, I know um, multiple, multiple business students are, you know, creating their own, you know, businesses and they create business plans. Um, we have students uh, in the bioscience strand. One of my one of my uh, fellow classmates is working on you know a cure for diabetes, and another one is um, working on more of the uh, an animal biology side and um, studying biodiversity and. Just it's amazing to see everything that's going on here, especially when uh, you're put in put in one subject. You, uh, it, it's it's nice to see other students who know so much about their subject, and there's a there's a lot of room for collaboration on projects, which is really interesting because when you're working with these other students that are so knowledgeable in a certain subject that uh, can also relate to what you're doing, you just learn so much more. Donna, there's a story told of Admiral Farragut who commanded his first ship when he was 14, I think. Um, when you see students who maybe uh, would be called special needs students or students with a diverse background academically come into the program, do you notice a change in their confidence and do you notice a, a shift in their own thinking about themselves? Um, it's transformative. Um, we have students here that will come in, um, some technology students, in fact, who uh, have a very difficult time uh, picking their head up and being able to speak coherently, and that's one of the things that these young people get to do a lot of. Um, and I think the self-confidence that they leave with here, because we really treat them, everybody in this building, the business partners, anyone treats them as if, I don't understand why you can't do this. To you, we don't we don't look at these young people as 17-year-olds that are teenagers that we have to micromanage. So when you treat a young person with the confidence and the trust that they can do this, they don't let you down. And I think that's the um, thing that I think is the biggest piece is the self-esteem and the the um, willingness to believe in themselves and pick themselves up when they can't quite figure it out and go find a mentor or find another student to uh, figure out the answer. Can I piggyback on that? Because Hunter said something earlier that's, I think, really important for everybody to hear and to understand. Um, in a typical education environment, every student learns things for themselves. And there's a beginning and there's an end in the curriculum. There really isn't an unknown. There isn't a part in that process where the student says, well, I don't know what that is, and so I go and seek guidance. There's always the educator to help them. This program, and I will tell you how valuable it is for them to understand that there's something that they don't know, and that they have to find a resource or a person or somebody that knows how to do it. And that's an incredibly important skill when you get out into business, because to think that you can do everything is a really dangerous premise. To know what it is that you know 
and to appreciate what it is that you don't know and find a resource that can teach that to you is, is just something you, it's really hard to teach. Clint, you've said a couple of things that have really resonated with me, in part this not knowing piece, but also you've used the word failure a couple of times and the importance of failing. Uh, what is it, if you were sort of to wave a magic wand and change the dialogue in this country around education, what would you want to communicate? What, what could we be talking about that would lead toward more programs like CAPS instead of the kind of gridlock we have sort of pitting a progressive education against test-based education? Well, I, uh, there's one of the things that's really important to me is when people start off in business, one of the things that I hear about the younger generation is that they're just not motivated. You know, they're just not good hard workers like I, you know, I went to school 20 miles in the snow uphill both ways and these kids just don't work like that. And so I've tried to explain to people that it isn't about making them work harder, it's about making them passionate enough about something that they want to do more of it. And one of the things that I've seen over and over again in this program is that if you can just light a spark under somebody to want to learn something, they will do everything in their power to learn more about it. And so it's getting them invested, getting them passionate about something, and then allowing them to find out what it is that they want to know and go figure out how to learn it. And then the educators need to be surrounding that to make sure that there's kind of form and function to helping them get to that final objective. But if you can teach them how to learn instead of just teaching them something, I think that's a really beautiful concept. I would, so, I would just go ahead, please. Go ahead, please. Well, I was just going to say, I think so much of what we do today is around content versus the want, the learning agility. And from a, a perspective of someone who's looking for for future, you know, employees, associates, peers to work with, I want to work with people who want who want to learn. It's not about what they know because um, we, you know, the information is exploding. We can't possibly know everything and we create new knowledge the more that we do know, but it's about wanting to learn and understanding what it means to learn and understanding that failure is, is a part of that process. Uh, Laura, I'm glad you answered because I was going to actually um, ask you sort of similarly. Uh, this story of youth not being hard workers. In part, do we tell that story because it justifies keeping the existing system? Is that kind of a part of our difficulty? Um, I don't know. I, I, have, I, I think there's a lot about our system that's disconnected. I think that's one of our biggest challenges is that um, I'll just, this is a personal opinion, but I think that um, the real world and education have become very disconnected, and in part because there were, there's no part of the system that encourages that interaction. And so you have consumers of an end product that never get a voice into um, how that's happening um, or what is happening, and, and, we're, and so we're, we are coming. We're coming kind of late to the game, but speaking specifically for my um, industry and from my position in it, which is all about planning for future workforce, um, you know, it's a very scary problem right now and we cannot afford to not be involved um, and, and making our voice heard 
about where we think the gaps are and also what we think what we see and know to be the potential of the young talent that we do have the advantage to connect to and you do have, clearly have rock stars here in the room but I've also worked with teenagers who maybe aren't as far along or don't have as quite as much confidence and still the progress that they make when they're given these kinds of opportunities is truly truly amazing so um, Hunter and Holly Peggy wants to know if the sort of uh, open-ended exploration, um, responsibility, opportunities that you're given in the CAPS program, do they impact how you view your other classes? Yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of piggybacking on what was just talked about, uh, it seems like in a typical high school situation, you're going to classes to just accumulate knowledge and you can't really uh, see, uh, you know, in uh, 11th grade, 10th grade, what you're really going to do with that in the real world. And so when you, uh, when you, when you get here, when, when you see that everything that you're learning can really be applied to something significant, um, you're, you're really motivated to do something important. Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, since joining the CAPS program last year, my grades all gone up because when I'm pulling out a calculus equation or a physics equation into uh, the project I'm doing or I'm using chemistry facts um, to get me further along, it helps you really realize how even though that system is throwing uh, kind of just brute force facts at you, how applicable some of that is when you have the experience and the knowledge that CAPS provide to go with it that uh, you can really become and do something with the things you learn in regular school. So as far as my grades, as the more I've gotten deeper into CAPS, the higher my grades in regular school don't climb to because the more of them I'm actually using to get the things I need to done here, um, which is just like it's going to be out in the real world. So I'm wishing that this system had a standing ovation button. I'm going to click the applause button, but uh, it really, we need it today. Okay, we have a couple more minutes. I want to make sure that if there were any questions in the chat that I missed, that we have a chance to ask them. Uh, so if you've asked a question in the chat and I have not uh, relayed that to this panel, please post it again and I will do so. Uh, in the meantime, um, I want to make sure that each of you have a chance to very briefly indicate if there's anything that I did not bring up or elicit from you that you would want to communicate about the program as sort of a final note. Steve, this is Clint. I'm so glad you said that because there's something that I didn't mention that is really important. I think that the when you asked about the um, you know the new model and the old model, um, you know, as a as a business person, our old model used to be go in and present to a classroom for a half hour or an hour, and then go back to your business and say, well, I'm done. I did that, and then you expected something to stick. Now, this model requires me to understand the curriculum or the program or the process that's being taught before I come in as a business partner or help develop that plan so that I'm coming in and I am working with a teacher to help a teacher teach their students instead of just coming in and telling them what I do at Black and Beach. I'm really actually enabling and working with a teacher to help the students. And I think that model is very different than just the old business partner goes in and tells somebody what they do and then leave. 
Okay, so Laura, Holly, Hunter, Donna, any final comments you wanted to make sure that we included? No, I just want to thank these young people. Um, I, I do want you to get their autographs, so Steve. Because <laughs> I think that the, the students and really all over this nation that have this type of passion, once it's released, look out, because we're really going to be running after them. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay, so okay. I am I am clapping and I wanna also uh, again express appreciation to John Newcomb for setting this up and uh, to each of you for being here. So that's Hunter Browning, Holly Reynolds, Clint Robinson, Laura Evans, and Donna Deeds. Thank you so much for coming on the Future of Education. Uh, really a terrific explanation of a terrific program. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of this. And thanks all of those of you who have attended. OK, so we are going to close now. Um, I know you've got a busy night and lots of things that you're doing. But thanks for taking the time. And um, wait, is it, I think we lost Josh, but let Josh know. Thanks for his help as well. Thank you, Steve. Terrific. Terrific. Thank you so Thank you. much. Excellent show.